0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. The Lord is the Lord. There was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the wedding. When the wine ran short, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, how does your concern affect me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servers, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for Jewish ceremonial washings, each holding twenty to thirty gallons. Jesus told them, Fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, Draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it. And when the head waiter tasted the water that had become wine, without knowing where it came from, Although the servers who had drawn the water knew, the head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves good wine first, and then when people have drunk freely an inferior one, but you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this as the beginning of his signs at Cana in Galilee, and so revealed his glory, and his disciples began to believe in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Today's reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John actually comes as a continuation of the Christmas and Epiphany celebrations, interestingly enough, although we're on the second Sunday of ordinary time at this point, we have the reading we do because of the Feast of the Epiphany, uh, the liturgy, the hours, the official prayers of the Church. One of the antiphons very clearly shows the theology of the Church in the early days, especially that the Feast of the Epiphany was not just the Lord's revelation to the Magi, it, wasn't, it was also two other special feasts, namely the celebration of the baptism of the Lord, and it was the, the commemoration of the feast of the wedding feast at Cana. And so actually, the celebration of Epiphany, uh, we've kind of stretched out over three weekends. So we had Epiphany two weeks ago, last weekend, the baptism of the Lord, and today we read and commemorate the wedding feast at Cana. And so it's a continued revelation of the Lord in himself. That was just a little extra add-on to show you the beauty of the liturgy. That's not at all what I'm talking about for the rest of the homily. The gospel is, but not that point. What I want to speak to you today about is something in religious life that I've heard described as the goo. You heard me right. The goo. G-O-O. In religious life, there's this thing that religious sisters and religious brothers often rely upon to be able to complete the things that are entrusted to them. I first heard it from a religious sister who had recently been been named as the organist for the community. And she didn't know how to play the organ. So she had to learn. And in order to do this, this new responsibility that was given to her, she relied upon God's grace and the goo, the grace of the office, the office of organist for the community. It was a recognition that if God had given her this responsibility, then the Lord would also give the grace to complete it and to do it well. So she trusted in this. The grace of office. Throughout seminary, we talked about grace a whole variety of ways. And we often talked about it, you know, referencing the, the, the scriptures about grace and talking about the grace of God and the sacraments and talking about the grace of this, this, this and this. And we understood that grace was basically like the it was the life of God and the soul. It was it was the, the, the thing that gave us power to be able to, to actually go forth and to do what Christ called us to do. And I understood that on an intellectual level. But I struggled to understand how grace actually works. Is it like a, is it like a zap that you feel? Is it you know like you know, like you have superhuman strength for a certain period? I didn't exactly know what it what it was, how it practically played out in in ordinary ministry. I was you know it was kind of a, a a strange thing for me to understand. But I came to understand it on the day of my ordination as a deacon, and I understood it in very clear ways, and began to realize exactly what grace can do in its power prior to my ordination i was absolutely terrified of getting up in front of people to say even a few words in school i would take failing grades in class because i didn't want to present my presentations i never wanted to be able to get up to say anything to you know in elementary school we have to memorize the preamble to the constitution i could know it word for word but i wasn't going to say it (laughs) Even in the seminary, there was a reluctance in my heart to be able to get up to to speak in front of people. In prayer, at community, they would kind of warm us up over time, so we would have more and more responsibilities in leadership of prayer for the church community. And so we would have our morning prayers and evening prayers, and as a deacon, benediction, and so forth, where they would entrust you with more and more things to be able to do liturgically in the life of the religious community or seminary. Even before my ordinations, I had been... The better part of six years of preparation for priesthood. Every time that I was in charge of leading morning prayer or evening prayer, even though it was just a very few words that were literally just printed on the page in front of me, I was an absolute wreck. My voice would always shake. My legs were always quaking. Usually I would be flushed or bright red. And everybody knew Brent... We don't know how Brent's going to be a priest because he can barely say God come to my assistance, much less give a homily. And I thought the same. On the day of my diaconate ordination, I had, leading up to that day, I had asked the Lord. I had done novenas to several saints for particular gifts, asking God's grace. On the day of my ordination, I was given a grace and giving a continuous grace by the Lord that helped me understand what exactly grace is. Again, to get up and say anything in front of another person was terrifying. The morning of May 28th, May 29th rather, of 2010, I was ordained a deacon. And that afternoon, it was my obligation to go and to proclaim the gospel at Holy Mass, at the vigil mass at the church. And I got up there and proclaimed the gospel, sat down, as if I'd been doing it my entire life. And it was perfectly normal. No nerves, no fear, no anxiety, no quaking of my voice. It was normal. And when I sat down, I had no idea what Father's homily was that day. Because I was marveling in the fact of what God's grace had just done. It was God in His grace that came to aid me. The ability to be able to take up one's office and to complete it, to fulfill it. Not by one's own strength, but by the Lord's. This is grace. And it's not just a thing for the priesthood. It's not just a thing that I experience as a deacon. It's not just a thing that religious sisters and brothers have. It's something every single one of us has. Every one of you has the goo. The question is, are we willing to respond to it? Are we willing to allow it to work within us? And that's the biggest piece. This is the meditation that we have for us for the gospel today, particularly in light of this reality, this emphasis upon God's grace. It's interesting to note that as, we, as we, you know, the, the, the gospel passage has begun, the focus is entirely upon the Blessed Mother. Jesus is just kind of like a second thought. There was a wedding feast at Canaan, the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples were also invited. <laughs> It was kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he was there too. <laughs> but the focus is upon Our Lady. And it's an important thing for us to recognize. Because she's the one who teaches us about this grace of office. She begins the process. But the others show us also how to fulfill it. So Our Lady is there. And she recognizes the need. And she takes that need. She takes that, 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 you know, that, that longing for the particular, particular reality of the day. And she presents it to the Lord. She brings it to God. One of the gifts that we often ask for, that we need, is the grace of God to complete the things entrusted to us. I knew that I needed God's grace to be able to proclaim the gospel, to preach, and to be able to do the things I did as a priest, that I would do as a priest. And so I begged. I begged (laughs) super hard (laughs) to be able to have those graces available that the people of God will be able to receive the word of God and not just have it through a bumbling, stuttering fool. That God's grace would work. And for all of us to be able to look at the things of our life and to turn to the Lord first and foremost and say, Lord, we need help. This is the first step to recognize the need and to bring it to the Lord. Lord, they have no wine. Lord, I need your grace. Lord, I need your help. I need your strength. The Lord responds in a rather striking way. In our contemporary language, it seems a rather harsh response. Woman, if I ever address my mother as woman, I'm pretty sure somebody would have to find some spell insults for me afterwards because I wouldn't be standing on my feet for too long. But it's the, the, the reality is that the word that Jesus is using actually is, is the proper word. It's, one, it was the language of respect. But then secondly, theologically, and beautifully, as St. John points out, that woman is also the term given to Eve. She is the woman. And so Jesus, when he's speaking to Mary and he says, woman, he's, talking, he's essentially calling her the new Eve, and the new mother of all the living. Recognizing her integral nature, her integral part in the salvation story that is his. Woman, how does your concern affect me? The hour my hour has not yet come. It seems as if Jesus is saying, why are you asking me to do this? My time isn't here. It's not ready yet. And yet, whenever Our Lady says simply to the servers, do whatever he tells you, Jesus moves into action. And here Jesus shows us something particular as well. Is oftentimes when we ask for God's grace, when we're relying upon God's grace, someone, the Lord, often, will invite us, Okay, it's time to move. Go. And how often we feel like, uh, I'm not ready yet. I don't know that I can do this yet. I don't know that it's time. A whole variety of uh, you know, things that rise up in our hearts to keep us from proceeding. But the Lord... Even though he presents this, even though it says, he seems to say, I'm not ready, it's not time, he steps forward anyway. And this is the invitation for us, even whenever we seem to be unprepared, that if something is thrust upon us, God will provide for us. And we need to trust in this. Even when it seems scary, even when it seems uncertain and we're unprepared to go. The servers are bid to be able to fill up the wine, uh, fill up the water jars, rather, and the Lord Jesus turns it into wine. The disciples then see all of this take place and they believe in the Lord. The waiters are the ones who show us exactly what it is to be obedient. Again, Jesus shows us how to move. The disciples, not the disciples, the waiters, the, the servers at the, at the feast. They do what Jesus says, and they do what Mary says by doing what Jesus says. They're obedient to the Lord. The disciples, ultimately, who realize and recognize that this is God's work. This is not the work of man. It is the work of God. All of these things coming together help us to recognize that when things are thrust upon us, if we trust in the Lord... He will give us the grace. Whether it's priesthood, whether it's married life, whether it's a public office, whether it's the office of work, whether it's just the simple things of daily life placed upon us, entrusted to our care to be able to do them, if we ask the Lord for His grace, He always will be there to strengthen us. All of us need the goo. Because if we rely upon ourselves, we will always fall short. We may seem to proceed and seem to be victorious for a short time, but ultimately it will fizzle out. But if we trust in the Lord, we stand on a firm foundation. We stand on strength. We need His grace. And So this is the invitation for us. To be able to take our entire lives and the ordinary stuff of our lives and to bring it to Christ to allow them to transform it. They take ordinary water and it becomes the best wine. So we take the ordinary stuff of daily life. Taking out the trash, cleaning the kitchen, taking care of the kids, taking care of the cats, the dogs, the birds, the horses, the cows, the whatevers. Tending to the fields, going grocery shopping, riding right from here to there, running errands at work at home and everywhere in between to take all of that water and to give it to Christ. And to know that if we place our trust in Him, it will prove to be the best wine. And so this is what we ask. We ask the Lord for these graces. The grace first to be able to see our own needs and the needs of others. Secondly, the grace to bring them to Him. Thirdly, we pray for the grace to be willing to move, and fourthly, to move in the manner that Christ calls us. And lastly, to recognize that in all of this, it is not us at all, it is Christ. Christ sustains us, Christ strengthens us, because Christ loves us. So we ask all this through the intercession of our Blessed Mother, who, attentive to the needs of that married couple on that day, is also attentive to us and ours. So we place our trust in our Lord and our Lady, confident that they will give us every necessary grace.